Here we go. The windup. And it's a line drive in the right field. It goes down, and the Bearcats are going to win. All right, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Tailgates and Heartbreaks presented by Section 513. This is episode number 33. Um, as always, actually, not as always, we have Tito back in the producer's seat, and then I have my co-host Donnie back, finally. Um, I had, last week I went lone wolf for a week, or not for a week, just for an episode, and boy, I think I did okay. Just didn't get the uh, the episode number correct. I didn't tell Tito the timestamp of where I like yell at Stella, but it gave the episode some life. How are we doing, boys? Hey, it's good to be back. Uh, thanks for holding down the forkies. Uh, I apologize for my um, my absence, but yeah, it's great to be back. And guys, opening day, we finally made it. Finally made it. Feels fi- yeah. It feels great to know that on Thursday I'm going to be able to have a beer out on my porch and watch the Cincinnati Reds try to win a baseball game. No, we are going to win. We're going to win a ton of games this year, but we we're, on a, sure. we're going 162 and L. Yeah. No, wire to wire, but we for sure beating the Cardinals on opening day. For sure. I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the year. You know what? We could just win one game as long as it's opening day, that's fine by me. I feel like in recent memory, we have not – the Reds have not done particularly – well, no, the la- they've won the last two. They've they, won the last two, yes. They assaulted the Detroit Tigers on opening day last year and then proceeded to just lay an egg the rest of the series. And then yep. the year before was the Derek Dietrich game against yep. – um, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yeah. No, um, it's super nice to be talking baseball. Um, college baseball has been in full swing for – Probably what two and a half, three weeks now, maybe a month. More than that, yeah, about a month. A little yeah, over. Yeah, I mean, the interesting games have been going on for about a month now. It's been yeah. good. I mean, college baseball—it's not something that I've really gotten into this early in the year before. But without anything else going on, really, I mean, it's been—it's yeah, been good. No, I—I I agree with Tito. It's, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, watching, well, we're watching UC right now. Yeah, we uh, all are speaking. So it's 12 to 11 Louisville. Louisville's ranked number seven. Um, Cincinnati, bottom of the 10th, has a man on first with one out. And it's starting to pour down rain, it looks like, up at uh, Clifton. So. Oh, I can finally. Things, yeah, I can kind of see it. Things now. could get a little hairy here. But, uh, no, college baseball, is a, it's a blast, man. There's so many just oddballs and, like, weird things happening. It's, it's so much more refreshing than the, the professional game. I really enjoy it. There's nothing better than watching a baseball game, and you have you can count on one of two things. If the wind is blowing out into the outfield, every fly ball is a home run. And yeah. if you hit the ball to third, it's a 50-50 shot on whether yeah. or not it's a ground out. So those two I things think, just make the game of baseball much more interesting. I think UK usually has about three or four errors a game, and I have to, like, close one eye every time there's a well, a soft grounder because well, I mean, there's just the, a lot of overthrows. Yeah, and it well that and then I think the other thing too is just like the ability to like field Oh yeah. it got through. Let's go. God, you guys are so ahead of me. Runner on first and second one out. Snuck Let's by the shortstop. Nice. No the I uh, hate 
the the one thing uh, that oh, I think that college sick. baseball has, and, and obviously it's a huge difference, is the aluminum bat. And, like, they're hitting yeah. missiles to, like – I mean, pl- I applaud every third baseman at the collegiate level because you are just putting yourself in harm's way, you know, yeah, just taking yeah, a – for sure. I mean, Major League Baseball players hit a ball sometimes, you know, 100 to 110 miles an hour off the bat. Imagine what, you know, having a metal bat, yeah. a, an aluminum bat, regardless of whether or not they're the, the OG aluminum bats or not. Um, that's, all right. my, uh, that's my biggest thing that I think the MLB could do to just improve its audience. They should have a home run derby where you play in one of the Japanese stadiums that's completely netted and give Jose Batista – and like Rugnet Odor and all those dudes that are just juiced out of their minds, an aluminum bat. Let's just see what happens. Let's see what happens. I would actually, I would, if they, if they, I think the best way to make that happen is you put them in the biggest ballpark and you just don't let fans in the outfield. I know that takes away from it, but like, dude, it, could you imagine Giancarlo it, Stanton? Would, yeah. Like, like I don't at, think uh, it really would take that much away, away from it because I think it would just be that much more exciting. It would sound like, a shotgun goes off every time it hits a bleacher. That's my anyway, sound in the world is a ball hitting aluminum bat. It's in like the OG college baseball, like back when like they were playing the the college World series at Rosenblatt Stadium. Like that's all you I, that's all you could hear. I feel like is just the ping of the metal bat. Yeah, for sure. Nothing like it. All right, so getting on to the Reds. Uh, as Tito was in the pitch black dark, it's right around the smoking, corner, baby. Smoking a cigar. Tito's yeah. getting ready for opening day. How about it? I got a nice cigar going, a nice glass of bullet here, and some Grippo's extra salty pretzels. Not a better combination on planet Earth. Yeah, naturally. And sorry for the uh, the sniffling on my end. I have just been destroyed by pollen today. It is also, uh, allergy season. As three, I the three yards surrounding my house, they all cut their grass today. And I committed the cardinal sin of going outside with Stella in the morning. And not take my allergy medicine before I did, or my allergy oh, pill. Oh, buddy, that's so just I have yourself up for a nightmare of a day. Yeah, so I have been in just, you know, it's geezer versus pollen today, and boys, pollen winning. Um, all right, Reds <laughs> baseball. They are uh, first pitch is what around four o'clock? Is it is it a late afternoon game on Thursday? Yeah, I'll right. be absolutely shelled by then. Yeah, I think. Uh, 4.05 is the official start time, so probably 4.15. 4.15, yeah. Yeah, it's 4.10 uh, is estimated first pitch. You're, you're right, probably won't be till 4.15. Uh, on the mound, scheduled for both teams, Jack Flaherty for the Cardinals gets the ball, and then Luis Castillo making his – Excuse me, you mispronounced that. It's Flaherty. Flaherty. Sorry. You got to roll that. Flaherty. Sorry. Jack Flaherty. In <laughs> uh, uh, La Pedra uh, gets his second straight opening day – or third straight third i believe right i think so he gets great. his third it's great for the podcast but yeah i think it's third yeah so um super excited there's nothing better than there's nothing better than opening day in cincinnati obviously it is basically a holiday here um yes. and until it's officially deemed a holiday it's just a waste of our time that the fact that it hasn't been named an official holiday since he, um, but to make it even better, seeing Luis Castillo strike out, you know, probably eight batters through six and two thirds, have an incredibly high pitch count and six of the eight come off his disgusting changeup is going to be sight for, it's going to be beautiful. I cannot well, wait. Yeah. You get 
I think one of the most intriguing opening day matchups, uh, Castillo and Flaherty. I cannot believe I don't know if you guys saw that, but they ranked I can't remember if it was the Athletic or one of the baseball pages ranked the opening day starters and Luis Castillo was like sixteenth. Yeah. There's no there's no chance. There Luis are some Castillo, he is so slept on across the league, and I hope this year – so this is my – like, people aren't talking about this enough. Everyone's talking about how Bauer is leaving, whatever. I think this is perfect opportunity for Luis, Luis Castillo to say, you know what? This is my team. I'm the rock. You know, jump on my back. Let's go. Among yeah. other things, there are there are plenty of storylines for the 2021 Cincinnati Reds for sure. Right. Um, you know – when when you lose Trevor Bauer and you know the four, the reigning Cy Young winner in the NL, um, the first in Cincinnati history, obviously it's going to place it's going to play a role. Um, but I think one of the things that we've talked about, you know, kind of um, a little bit throughout you know the 33 episodes we've done is if there's one thing that they're going to be, oh, ball gets through. God, you guys are early. Bearcats tied it up 12 to 12. Runners on first and third with the one out. The pitcher's still grabbing his crotch on my screen. Yeah. It's like Bronson Arroyo. Anytime Bronson threw a pitch, grabbed his crotch. Anyways. Oh, um, let's go. Okay, that's a nice hit. Uh, I think one of the, the strengths of this team is their is the pitching staff and is their ability to, you know, develop pitchers at the moment. Um, since Derek Johnson has arrived, I think that's the biggest thing. Um and a lot of there's been a lot of good pitching performances in Goodyear. Now I know you don't take a lot of. Uh, sometimes you want to. It, it's kind of like this, like catch twenty two, where it's like if it's good statistics, you're going to take it away as a positive from spring training. But if someone does shitty, you're like, oh no, it's spring training. So. Right. Um. But Jose De Leon, after doing all of his you know winter baseball stuff, uh, down in South America. He has he's done really well in spring training. Um, I know he's striking a a lot of people out. Yeah, I know. Well, and that's you know that's kind of the calling card of of the Reds um, and the whole spin rate and you know elevation of the fastball and everything. Um, Stella's eating a bone. Um, He's one of those guys that thing is going to have to have a bigger role. Um, What's his name? Obviously, you have a guy like T.J. Antone. Uh, he's another one of those guys that um, really is going to have a big role this year. But the biggest surprise, I think, from the Reds in spring training, a guy that I believe is making the big league roster, is Cam Bedrosian. Yes. He's Bedrosian. been lights out um, in spring training. Uh, so, you know, like I said, there's just a lot of these. Jeff Hoffman, the guy that we got from the uh, Rockies. Um and then obviously, first round pick, Jeff Hoffman. You have Sean Doolittle coming over this year from that in that one year deal. I know Sal Romano, uh, he made the roster. Um I think I love the I love the pitchers that the Reds have this year. Um I think the only pitcher that I don't like that is gonna make the roster is uh Wade Miley. Um I think he's he's just battling injuries way too much. And then on top of that, I think he could potentially be taking away a, um, a, a, you know, innings and a rotational a rotation spot from a guy like potentially TJ Anton, who yeah. is as of, as of today, um, as of Tuesday, 
Um, I believe he's starting the season in the bullpen. But I yeah. don't think he's going to end the season in the bullpen. I think they're they're going to find I think what we'll see from the Reds this year is them be very creative with the way they uh with the way they use their pitchers uh, T J Anton in particularly I think that you know Michael Lorenzen depending on how he looks as a starter um but, but yeah going back to Wade Miley I think yeah the guy hasn't been healthy um his entire career in Cincinnati he has proved that he's a a pretty solid you know four or five um in Houston in the past. And I think we, if we can keep him healthy, I think he's got a lot to prove, um, to prove people wrong because you know he gets more shit than anyone on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm not excited for Wade Miley, but I'm not, I'm not throwing him, you know, oh this guy's trash. Let's see if he, what he does when he can stay healthy for a month, you know. Um, and if we have to move him to the bullpen, and kind of you know use him as a utility guy, sure, you know. I think they need to find creative ways um, with this pitching staff because it's it's quite unique. Like I don't know, and I think with Derek Johnson and uh, the the pitching um, guys they got, I think they're they are fine with doing that. Whether it's you know six starters, um, you know all the kind of what Tampa Bay's done the last couple of years, and have uh, bullpen starts. I think they should do that. I'm all in for that. I don't know how I, what you guys think about that, but I think they're gonna benefit that from. It seems like uh, last year kind of aided it, and that you only had a 60 game season. So if you kind of struggled out the gate, it was a quick quick hook yeah. if you were that fifth starter uh, for a lot of teams. But I feel like they'll benefit from the fact that I think uh, starters that are on the fringe are generally more willing uh, and you know kind of. I guess, yeah, I guess willing is the right word to to say, all right, I'll go to the bullpen for, for a little bit and see how it goes. And there's not that stigma, I feel like, that there used to be that if you're a starter, you're a starter. And when you get the thrown to the bullpen, you know, that that's just the same for a starter as getting thrown down to the minor leagues. I feel like that stigma is it, it's disappearing a little bit. I think we'll continue to see that happen over the next couple of years. But going right off Reds, that, I think the Reds will benefit from that. Yeah, going right off your point, Tito, TJ Anton came out, I think it was either last week or the week before, and said, they said, you know, do you want to be a starter? He said, sure, but if they coach wants me in the bullpen, I'll gladly be in the bullpen. And I love that kind of attitude. Uh, everything that TJ Anton has said um, throughout his, you know, start of his career, um, this will be his second year, but he's been great. Everything he said has been perfect. Um, I don't know how you can't. Uh, root for this kid he's slowly becoming actually quickly becoming one of my favorite players um, yeah he's he's definitely a fan favorite i love him um i mean i think it's easy to love anybody that quickly comes out and starts tripping the cubs yes, uh, especially absolutely. as a rookie um yeah you know, i think no we can all yeah we can all respect that and plus i mean he backs it up for the most part so i think that's you know that's what makes it i think that's what makes the emergence of tj Anton so much better is because he's one of these young pitchers that not only is he fun to watch, he's got that. He's kind of, he reminds me a lot of like the, the, the not like the dramatic that Amir Garrett brings, but just that energy, that passion. Yeah. Um, and it's not like a cockiness, but he's not afraid to say his mind. And I mean, it's another one of these pitchers in today's era of baseball that can pump 98 miles and miles an hour and looks effortless. Um, 
It's it's one, okay to be cocky as a pitcher in today's MLB. We need to get rid of that. Like you know, no, I, I, no, I, yeah. I don't. I'm not no, trying to make it seem I, like I know, I'm. I know you're not saying that. I, I just I just wanted to get that out there. Like dude, Amir Garrett. Like is, yeah, it, like, Amir Garrett striking American. guys out in spring training and doing like the the cradle and baby thing. Like Amir walk, Garrett's a psychopath. Walk and I off love it. alert for let's go Bearcats. I'm about to see it, guys. I can't wait. Here we go. The wind up. And it's a line drive in the right field. It goes down, and the Bearcats are going to win. Clip that. I'm here for that because I hate Louisville baseball. Tito, basketball. Clip that at whatever marker we're at and uh, make that the intro for the episode to get people in. Because that's that's just a call. I mean, that's (laughs) up there with, you know, Marty Brenneman. George Grand? Yeah, George Grand. (laughs) This one's. Dunner's done it again. Adam Dunn done it again. <laughs> All right. Um, one, uh, why we're, one, wait, real quick. While we're on that, I'm going to watch so many George Grand calls Wednesday night, I'm not going to be able to sleep. That's like an opening day tradition for me. I'm, like, also, I'm very excited for uh, – I think it's John – I forget how you say his name. John Sodok, I think is his name. Oh, the new guy. The, the new play-by-play? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't listened to him yet. I haven't listened to him yet. His John, my favorite. John my Sadak favorite, or Sadak. I love fa- him. My favorite one of his moments this past year, it was probably his second day on the uh, 700 broadcast, <laughs> and they just didn't turn his mic on for like two the first two outs that he's calling this game. So it was just Cowboy talking to him, and there's nobody on the other side of that, like, uh, doing the play-by-play. Like, it was one of the more hilarious things I've ever seen. They just forgot to turn his microphone on. Also, um, if you guys are looking for another college baseball game, turn on uh, North Carolina versus East Carolina, 10-10, bottom of the eighth. Anyway. Oh, we love it. Um, no, so I'm going to love him. I think he's going to have a, a nice – you know, it's going to be a fresh perspective on baseball. Um, it's nice to have your play-by-play guy not openly shit on the team for the last five years. So it's going to be a, it's going to be something else. Um, Opening day, it's going to be so sweet sitting at a bar watching the game. And David Bell does something. And it's like, oh, fire him. And it's like the fourth inning. It's like, this is so stupid. You know, like, why are we not yeah. sending him? <clears throat> Jesus. Yeah, and I don't – I also don't think uh, – don't think Shogo is healthy either. No, he's going to be out for a couple weeks, the first couple weeks. That helps the outfield, the crowded outfield. That's probably why Tyler Naquin got a roster. Is <clears throat> probably going to be on the opening day roster. Um, right. Right. No, I think the one thing that people will always <clears throat> get on, <clears throat> sorry, will always get on David Bell for is, um, I guess just it. He plays the matchups. You know, the right. lefty versus righty, righty versus lefty. The out. I think the outfield is where and how he uses them and when he pinch hits and when he doesn't is what gets people so upset with him. But I don't think he's – I like David Bell as a manager. I don't – I think the biggest issue, if there was ever going to be a scapegoat for last year, probably would have been, in my opinion, the hitting coach, Al, uh, Alan Zinter. Um, and I think The hitting coach will, has been the scapegoat for the Reds for three years now? Well, Turner Ward didn't do such a great job. And then <laughs> Alan Zinter, I mean – I think if you just look at everything from last season, 
and, and I think this is the last that we'll kind of have to harp on it because I really don't want to harp on last season a lot when it came to the hitting. I mean, they were one of the worst teams in baseball in producing runs, hitting. Everything that they did run-wise um, came straight from the home run ball. And obviously in today's baseball, that is a huge part of it. But the good teams, and you kind of saw it in um, in the postseason, is yes, they can hit the home run ball and they can do it at a pretty good rate, but they also do the little things right. And I think that's the one thing that that team last year just did not do whatsoever. Situational hitting was atrocious. Um, no, it was I, worse than the league. Yeah. It was worse than the league. They were last in the league. Not They were bottom 10 in the league in singles, doubles, and triples. Now, triples doesn't really matter. But talk about just getting guys over and getting them in, singles and doubles. They were bottom 10 in both of those. So you have to – and I think that's where water's going to find its level this, uh, this season, which yeah. is going to be – it has to. I mean, I think that's going to be the. I think that's going to be the biggest thing for Reds fans is I think a, there is a lot of a, there are a lot of fans that have this. You know, they they're not excited. I don't think a lot of fans are excited about the team itself. I think people are excited that it's opening day. You're going to have the ability to go watch game in the ballpark. That's great. Um, but in in terms of the on field product and the roster that they have, people don't. I don't think feel as optimistic as they did last year and that's uh, that's understandable but i think oh, we talked about it off we talked about it off air i think this team is going to be more of a surprise and might be better than last year's team because i think when you look at who performed poorly last year like looking at their career numbers and Kessianis, Moustakis, suarez vado i mean just riddled down Set the roster the majority of the season. Yeah. And we'll, yeah. and we'll harp on some of those guys a little bit more after an ad read from Tito here in a second, but, and later on in the episode when we do our uh, preseason predictions, but no, I just think, like you said, I think the theme for this year is going to be water always finds its level. And I think last year it was as probably it was worst case scenario for the Reds offensively. Three off seasons ago, it was get the pitching, get the pitching, get the pitching. Two or last off season was get the hitting, and and now we're you know they didn't do anything else, and I think I don't know, it's just gonna be one of those things where we're gonna have to wait and see what happens. But I'm I'm very I'm very optimistic about the Reds in this season. That's we'll we'll leave it at that. So uh, Tito, why don't you take us into an ad read real quick, and when we come back, we will talk about more about the um everyday positional players and then we will get into our preseason predictions all right guys do you enjoy listening to tailgates and heartbreaks you need to check out section 513.com section 513.com is cincinnati's newest sports blog featuring writing from all of your favorite tailgates and heartbreaks personalities you can check out our takes on anything cincinnati and beyond on section 513.com that's section 513.com all right, let's try this again. Thank you, Tito, for another ad read. Um, all right, so where we were at before the ad read, we were getting ready to talk about the everyday guys, you know, yes. the guys that are the the big stars. Um, and the Reds, they got a lot of good little, they got a good group of guys on this roster that I think if they, like we said, Donnie said it best, water always finds its level. I think this team's going to bounce back, and I think it's, and it starts. I think it starts and stops with uh, Eugenio Suarez. Um, he had a horrific year last year. Um, his, I mean, he had 
some of the power numbers at like in stretches, but batting average wise, he was almost below 200. I think, I mean, he was at least below 220. Um, I know Nick Cassianos, Nick, eh, Nicholas Cassianos was right <laughs> around that. I, dude, his name just puts my brain in a it sounds fucking, like, it sounds wait, like he's in a did, stroke did you just say nicholas like it's a pat mahomes situation where his mom doesn't like us calling him nick or no i just i don't know why i just did it but i've heard it like brought up on broadcast a bunch so i just okay. said it that way anyway yeah, i'm down i'm down we gotta be big jays here so we Anywho, have to call nicholas no I mean, we'll call him whatever we want but i i, I personally love nicky two bags Nicky that is Two what, Bags is a great you, – You can't just take that from Mitch Moreland, though. Yeah. Mitch not, Moreland's yeah. Mitch okay, but I mean, just, but, like, I'm not the – that was 100% said, at least between yeah, our – my – okay. Mitchy Two Bags is – that's been around for too long. Well, fine. We'll fucking figure something out and probably put it on a T-shirt and sell four of them. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we got – we're the ones Actually, that buy all no, four. Hold on. This is a great moment. <laughs> if you are a Tailgates and Heartbreaks fan, make sure to check out the store. I think I am the only person that's purchased a, a T-shirt out of the store so far. I got Donovan's uh, No Sanity Saturday shirt. Uh, it's on the way to my house currently. I'm very excited about it. But make sure I to check to out buy- the store. Dude, got I tried t-shirts. to buy one. I, I t- started to text you, Tito. Yes, let's fucking go. Sorry, the Fred <laughs> just won it every time. Um. Ease has a great uh, cup of Joe uh, coffee cup out yes, there. Yes, I really like you can that. Find that. Uh, but yeah, check out the store. The link is on our Twitter. Um, we'll do a better job of promoting that. That was kind of a haphazard thing that happened last weekend. So uh, not only think, promoting it, but I think we would do a much better job of coming up with T-shirts. Yeah, but we'll make sure you guys can find the link. And uh, if you're a listener, go ahead and buy a shirt. They're we're making them very cheap. They're not like like it's you know they're under 25 bucks for so we uh, don't expect to see a profit anytime soon yeah i think we do need to just have a straight up tailgates and heartbreaks t-shirt of some capacity anyways back to reds baseball um so suarez is i think not only will suarez bounce back i think suarez will get back to his career numbers and i think suarez will i i mean i'm I'm all for him potentially hitting, you know, 45 home runs again like he did or well, he hit 49 two years ago. But I would much rather him hit a little bit better average wise and just drive in more runs. You know, I think this team has the potential to. Well, scratch that. This team just needs to hit straight up. This team needs to drive in runs that are not via the home run ball. And I think that's going to be the thing that Reds fans really are focused on throughout the season. Because I think, you know, when you look at a guy like Mike Moustakis, obviously is notorious for his, his power numbers, but I think Moose is one of those guys that is able to drive and runs every which way. Same with Cassianos. Um, I, I mean, I can't call him Nicky two bags, but I think he lives gap to gap. Um, his power numbers have kind of been a, just another little, you know, cherry on top of his game the last last couple of years. Um, I know he's in the tops. I know well it's Suarez. I know Suarez is in the tops in the league since I think Tito, you said the stat since like 2016 or 2017 in home runs, and he's yeah, only behind he's only Mike behind, Trout. Yeah, yeah. 
Suarez is going to get his. And I think the big thing, too, is, is you know, this is another offseason where Joey Votto has said he has revamped his hitting approach. Um, I'm, I'm not going to, like, sit here and doubt Joey Votto because he had that stretch last year where David Bell benched him for four games. He changed his approach and came out and started mashing the baseball again. So I think if Joey Votto hits the ball a little bit better, obviously that does wonders for this team. But I, I, I really think the role players are going to be the guys that really make or break this team. Like a guy who I have by far and away, I think the most expectations for, and I really want him to succeed is Nick Senzel. I think last year was, he was so underrated last year at times, but I think people fail to realize like he had some clutch hits in the beginning of the year. Like I know in the Detroit series on the road, he had come back after, a, I think he missed a couple games. He had a, just a rope shot down the line to drive in a run. He was one of the very few guys on the roster that actually scored, like hit the ball at all in the uh, playoff That's series him. with the Braves. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, everybody said coming out, he's a really good hitter. He is not going to hit for power. He's just going to spray the ball everywhere. And I think his power numbers um, in some of his, you know, home runs have been a little bit of a, just a you know nice little like I said added cherry on top but I think and he just needs to stay healthy that's his biggest thing yeah, every Reds every Reds fan knows that but I think he could potentially be a huge key to this team and he will be one of my picks for um, a preseason award <clears throat> later on in the show no for sure <clears throat> and like I think Reds Nation has been have been waiting for this guy to contribute we're finally at the point where he's of age he's of the skill set to like be an everyday contributor for this team and he just can't fucking stay healthy he's got to stay healthy and i think this is the season for him to do it and prove a lot of people wrong because how many people have said the last two years like let's just trade senzel and get a shortstop and we've been waiting for senzel when we drafted that guy out of tennessee he was like the jonathan india now but like Senzel, like is so slept on because he's been injured so many seasons. We yeah, need him to stay healthy, and he's so slept on, dude. And he's this good is, defensively too. Yeah. This, this might be a crazy take because I feel like it's moving in the opposite direction of baseball. But I really wouldn't hate to see if the Reds come out and we are in a slump hitting early. I really wouldn't hate to see David Bell say, let's play some small ball for games here and there. And just like, let's try to create runs in ways that you don't see teams do anymore, just to try to get a spark back. Because I, I feel like this team has too many good hitters to where that slump can't last for that long. But in the interim, like, it's okay to say, if you need somebody to drop, if you need a, you know, if you need Moustakis to, to drop down a bunt with a runner on second and one out instead of swinging away. Like, that's okay if if we're struggling. No, Tito, I agree with you, but David Bell is not of that philosophy. And most know, managers I, are yeah. not of that philosophy anymore. It's dead. Bunting yeah, is a really dying. Is. Just for, yeah. It, it really is. And, I mean, it's it, – I, yeah, I mean, th this could be a crazy take that the analytics don't back up. And it probably doesn't. But, like, I feel like for a team that was in the position that the Reds were towards the end of last season, I feel like you need to – eventually you have to try something else. And maybe it is just trying to get those, you know, if we've got two on with one out and we say, we're going to take one run and we'll sacrifice that other base runner. Like that's okay to do every once in a while. Well, I, so, I would just like to 
see, I would like to see us try some different things if we get into a slump. And, you know, I, I kind of, part of me hates saying that because last game, like, I, I really do feel like last season was such an anomaly playing a, a shortened season where you're trying to win every game. And, you know, we're going to see a lot of different things this year as opposed to last year. But I, Right. If we get into a slump, I'd like to see us try some stuff. So I think the thing – one of the interesting narratives of spring training, and again, you can chalk this up to spring training. Like it's it's BS. doesn't matter. But one of the things they're really talking about – I've heard Vada say it. I've heard David Bell say it. I've heard Moustakas say it. All these guys are talking about hitting the ball hard but not trying to send it out of the park. They're trying to – like, the, the, All the launch angle. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. And that could be all talk. That could be all talk. We we'll see we'll see it in action. Well, in a Thursday and th- yeah, no, definitely. One so. guy that I am not really worried about in regards to launch angle, in regards to his hitting, in regards to a lot of things, is Jesse Winker. Is I am incredibly next to next to a guy like Nick Senzel in in I think two of the rookies that we'll mention in a little in in a couple seconds, and you take away. You know, Suarez, Moose, Kessianos, Bado. I not only do I think Jesse Winker will potentially lead the team in batting average, but I think when you look at his advanced statistics, he might be one of the best hitters in the league when the when the season's over. And I know he, I, I feel like he is. He mashes righties, and he the biggest gripe and the biggest complaint about Jesse Winker when he came up was that he could not hit lefties and last year he really worked on it. And it was one of those things where he was so good against righties that you couldn't take him out of the lineup and, and they couldn't do anything offensively last year to begin with anyways, but you kept him in against lefties because he was hitting lefties too. And his power numbers are awesome. He hits for average. He hits for power. He does everything. His biggest thing has been, defensively he's not as good and from reading you know articles from the athletic just twitter all that stuff he has improved defensively so you know i'm i'm super excited to see him kind of not only duplicate what he did last year but sustain it throughout a whole season where you're not trying to press in a 60 game season where it's a sprint because i think a lot of these guys a lot of these i mean the red some of the reds hitters who struggled I mean, it's it was all across the league. I, I know Mike Trout had, you know, a a little bit lower in Mike Trout standards for a season. I know Chris Bryant didn't have a really good season, but he was hurt a Yelly lot last year. Yelich didn't hit very well. I mean, in in the list kind of goes on and on for some of these guys and their yeah, numbers. I mean, it really does. You look at the guys. A lot of the guys that got extensions before the season last year just were duds. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the biggest thing this year is I think we're going to see a lot of those guys and and some of them are superstars in the game get back to where they normally are. And I think it's going to not only be a better product for, you know, the game of baseball, but like for the fans as well. And it's going to benefit the Reds because we had a couple of those guys on the roster. So, you know, it's just a lot of it is, you know, you, it's 162 games this year finally. So I think last year for the Reds, you know, I know for a fact a lot of fans, we were all like sitting there after like the first 15 games, like, what the fuck's going on? Like, we should be in a much better spot than we are right now. And I think it's going to be nice to know that I don't have to sweat the first 30 games 
like I did last year, I'm going to be able to like, you know, and I think fans are going to be like that too, where there's going to be a little bit more benefit of the doubt for some of these guys because last year was just brutal. Like Red's Twitter last year was insane. And I mean, part of that was, is our crossover division couldn't have lined up better. And yeah, definitely the year when they announced that it's like, all right, so you're telling me we get to play the Royals, an Indians team that's like floundering in between. Uh, who, who else? Pittsburgh. Sorry. Tigers. Uh, no, no, the Tigers. Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. But like to begin yeah. the year, like the schedule, like they, I mean, they butchered that yeah. first half of the season and they yeah. really put themselves up against the wall, but they went on that run the second half of the season. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Last year was fun. Last year had its ups and downs, but I am very much excited for the idea of watching the Reds play game 65 and knowing that if some of these guys aren't hitting or doing whatever, yeah. it's going to be okay. The sky's not falling. Um, like Facebook, dude, face Reds Facebook. I I, I don't like, get. I don't do Reds Facebook. No, I don't know. do Facebook Donald, at all. That but sounds- I, that sounds like an absolute cesspool no. of human existence. Oh, it's horrible. Dude, Red's Twitter makes fun. That's how bad Red's Facebook is. Red's Twitter is making fun of Red's Facebook. That's how bad it is. It's horrible. I saw someone I saw someone today uh tweet out a screenshot of a Red's of I guess the Reds posted like a, a on this day and it was Sean they, Casey. It was they acquired Sean Casey in one of the in the tweet yes. literally said Here's a look at Red's Facebook. Imagine hating five spaces in between dot, 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 Sean Casey. Quite honestly, the most likable player in Red's history, the mayor. I mean, he is beloved amongst – I can't find a Red's fan that legitimately, like, hates Sean Casey. Like, I don't think you hear that. Um, Red's Facebook. They were man. Red's Facebook, though. Talking about basically his calling weight. basically fat. He yeah, never talking about his weight and <laughs> – my it is ridiculous. It, the, the disconnect, though, that I, I, you know, I mean, obviously I'm not of that mindset that, like, we need to be ragging on players like Sean Casey because he's absolutely incredible. But I do understand to a certain extent the fact that we don't understand that the Reds were, like, very, very good for a very, very large portion of those people's lives. And, and they had success that we probably will never understand. You know, I mean, it, it's just it's so wild to think about a Cincinnati well, franchise having that levels of success to where you can have those expectations. And I well, got yeah, I mean, there, but yeah, that, I mean, that's you're my, that's my one thing about about the older generation of Reds fans. Yeah, I think obviously that's a that is a huge part of, you know, the Reds, you know, fandom, Reds country, all of that, the history of the team. I mean, the big red machine, you know. 97 uh 1975 like 19 like all that yeah like the 90s but like but i I just feel like sometimes though you gotta come like regardless i understand that but like sometimes you have to come back down to earth a little bit and realize that in the last 30 years this is not a successful franchise like they're not like our claim to fame is the big red machine and ever since then we have three years yeah like we have three years of really good baseball and you and we all know what it does to the city but i it's, mean it's the tennessee football like fallacy 
you know, that, that you're like that team. It, it, I'm trying to Guys, think. Guys, like, we're going to go down a negative rabbit yeah. hole if we stay on the – if comparing ourselves to Tennessee football, come like, on. The, the but it's Indiana, so true. The Indiana <laughs> basketball fan base yeah, that thinks that they are – they are should be at the level Bobby Knight had them at for eternity. That's – I feel like there's a significant portion of the Reds fan base that feels that – that that's just where we should be. And uh, the honest to God truth is we're not there and we probably will never get back there because that's just the way the game has moved to where a small market team just can't get back to that level. And that's going to be so hard for people to stomach and they probably never will. Yeah. And I think, and, and, and I think that's the biggest thing too, is, is the fact that there is no salary cap and a lot of these big market teams are able to spend, spend, spend. And you see what the Reds had to do a couple of years ago and they and they kind of botched it because they held on to guys too long. You had to kind of take the Cubs approach, what they did for like, I mean, in in the Astros too. Well, the, few teams. The, Cubs, the Cubs are the worst big market ownership group in the MLB, without a doubt. Not great. Not great. Yeah, Not they, great. Uh, Ricketts uh, spends like he's the owner of the Kansas City Royals, and he could buy the city of Chicago, and it wouldn't like put a dent <laughs> net worth. Like I, I will say this before I before I continue. Could you imagine being a fan of the Cubs? And I'm sure everybody in, in Chicago loves Anthony Rizzo, but did you see the reported douche. contract offer they gave him? Did you? Yeah. Did you see that that his the average annual value was less than what the Bears gave Nick Foles? Like, for, yeah, for those of you who don't know, the report was that Anthony Rizzo got a contract extension from the Chicago Cubs for five years for $70 million. And in baseball, that is fucking chump change. Like that is what he that is what Anthony Rizzo's contract probably should be over a three year stretch, not five years. <laughs> that should be like the first part of his eight year deal. That's what he's making. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's, Chicago it's insane. Just, Chicago's a nightmare. We could, I could talk about that for a decade. Yeah. I, anyway, so you're right. I think that was the Reds' Facebook deep dive. Then we got into how the state of baseball is for some of these small market teams. Let's get back. Let's get back to reality here. Um, let's do some. Uh, let's do some awards. Yeah, we'll do so. So we're gonna do a little bit of preseason predictions, and then we're gonna uh, get on out of here. Um, let's go to Tito for an ad read. All right, guys, you need to check out the new Section 513 store. We've got merch from all your favorite tailgates and heartbreaks personalities. There's only a couple items up there right now, but uh, we'll be adding some more as we go. Um, so make sure to check that out. Uh, my favorite personally uh, right now would be Geese's Cup of Joe coffee mug. Uh, love that. Make sure to pick that out of the store. Once again, everything on there is going to be cheap. We're not trying to, you know, make a, a billion dollars out of this. So uh, make sure to check that out. Support your favorite podcast. Keep us on the Internet uh, and keep the lights on. So look for that link. Uh, it'll be on our Twitter page. We'll be tweeting it out uh, every time we have new merch. We'll make sure to publicize that and make you guys aware of it. And uh, if you see anything you like, go ahead and, and spend that extra beer money on uh, on some Section 513 merch. All right, Tito, thank you. And harping off of what he said, make sure you check out the shop. We're going to have some more stuff coming in the near future. Um, I myself am probably going to purchase a Tailgates and Heartbreaks Cup of Joe mug because, I mean, need it like I need air. Um, all right, so preseason awards. Uh, the categories are MVP, R. Cy Young. So not like the the actual award, like who is going to be the best pitcher on the team. Um, who Who has a better season? 
which rookie, Jonathan India or Tyler Stevenson, comeback player of the year, biggest surprise, whether it's good or bad, and over under the Vegas total of wins, which is 82 and a half, correct? Correct. According right. to my bookie. It might be different on someone else, but my bookie, it's 82 and a half. All right, that's so it's a, yeah, in the area. That sounds about right. Yeah. Anywhere in that ballpark. Um, So, Donnie... Well, let's do this. So we're going to go and we'll, me and Donnie will do our MVPs and we'll kick it to Tito and we'll kind of work our way around like that. We're not going to just go straight down each other's list. Maybe that way we can kind of help each other with some ideas. Um, MVP to start the season. Uh, Donnie, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Yeah, sure. I'll go first. Um, and I'm going to go kind of about who's been hitting the ball. I know talking about spring training could be chalk. Um, I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, who's been hitting the ball really well? who is um, started off last season really great. I'm hoping that in 162 he can kind of uh, do it for a whole year. Nick Castellanos, uh, Nicholas Castellanos. Um, I like his. I like him. Uh, he's he's quiet. He's kind of uh, – I don't know if you guys watch the Trevor Bauer behind-the-scenes stuff. He was like kind of like the, the, guy, the only guy in the clubhouse that was kind of like not awkward but just really quiet, and I like that. I like how he just wants to work. Um, he was he was quick to re-sign with the Reds, and I think he wants to go prove a point, and um, I think he's going to have a great year. Yeah, I mean, I love I loved when they signed him, um, and he has one of the best, like, his first game, they pulled him for a defensive sub, and he stayed out for, like, a hour yep. taking fly balls and yep. having a conversation with David Bell. Like, that type course. of guy. Yeah, yeah, that type of guy, that work ethic, I mean, you love to see it. Um, I think the MVP of this team – um, I think the days of picking Joey Votto have come and gone, but we all know what Joey Votto's worth is on the team. Um, but I'm going to take a Eugenio Suarez. Um, I think he is, he, he's the, one of the most underrated players in baseball, in my opinion. And I think if he's playing in any other market, he is almost a guaranteed superstar. I mean, he had 49 home runs in the last season where it was a full 162 games. He is electric. Um, as you can hear Stella and my mic back. Um, he's an electric player. Um, I love watching him play. And I, I think my favorite thing is that he slimmed down and he is now moving to shortstop, his natural position, which I think is not only going to be a huge reason why this team is a little bit more uh, successful offensively because it opens up another spot for a a, a bat. Um, but I think Suarez is going to slug 40-plus uh, homers and get back to his, you know, uh, slugging numbers, his OPS, all that stuff. So I'm picking Suarez in my MVP. I'm going to have a weird take on this and that this isn't necessarily somebody that I – I, I would love to see this guy be the fifth best offensive player on this team. But, like, I would love to just see – let's see Joey Votto do what Joey Votto does for 162 games and give them the versatility with an OBP that's above 400 and can just move anywhere in the lineup and give this team a chance for guys that are going to be – you know, I mean, we're probably going to see – uh, you know, Moose and Castellanos and Suarez do the hot and cold thing that they do every year. And that's not a, a knock on them because that's just kind of how baseball goes. But I would love to just see Mr. Consistent come back and let's 
get somebody on base and let's try to get them around. That's the thing that we struggled with at the end of the year. Um, whether it be, um, you know, doing the, the short hack swing and playing for singles like Altuve, or we're going to try to walk a thousand times, or maybe the power numbers come back. They probably won't, but who knows? I mean, I feel like Joey Votto is a guy that could just go into the batting cage and, and figure it out and, and come back and, and, you know, pop off for power numbers for, for 30 to, to, uh, you know, 35, 40 games, something like that. But I would just love to see him get back to that level where, uh, you know, he gives David Bell the flexibility to move around in the lineup and and provide a spark at a couple different spots. Um, he's not going to be the guy that's going to blow, you know, blow anyone's socks off because I think, at you know, obviously at this point we know what he is. Um, and at this age, we know what he's not. So he's a guy I would just like to see um, kind of provide that that stable horse that that we can uh build around because yeah i absolutely i love that i love that tito how you like took it like the mvp and like you said we know vado is not going to have probably league mvp numbers but if vado can be just what you said that's probably our most important player if we can go on his back dude that's huge because i mean the way that david bell operates uh those kind of hitters are going to move around you know, he's not always going to be, you know, he's not going to be a consistent two-hole guy. He may lead off some I hope games. not. Maybe that, <laughs> well, and if well, he is, maybe that's a good sign. Like, yeah, you know. and, and you know, he, you know, we, I, about him seventh, you know, if, if. Yeah, mix, if, him up, if mix it up. Got, yeah, you know, I mean, if we feel like the bottom of our lineup's, you know, hot for a week, go ahead and try it. Let's get him on base. But just. Just get to first and and let's play from there. I, I feel like that's something that this team really needs uh, needs to have the ability to do because uh, you know obviously the home run ball is not going to be able to carry you for 162 games. I think the Yankees have proved that that philosophy does not work and it's probably never going to work. So we'll see. That I love it. Yeah, you you've explained that poetically. No, because I think that is. Like, I, I, I mean, that makes a ton of sense. And I think we all know Votto's worth, like you said, and him just doing what he does is. Oh, my fuck. Valuable enough. Um, all right. So our Cy Young, Red Cy Young. Um, I, I'll go first. Um, I am not going with a starting pitcher. Um, I'm going with someone in the bullpen and I'm going with Lucas Sims. Um, I think we saw what Lucas Sims is last year. I think not only is he going to be able to to duplicate that and kind of make that become his MO, maybe not ERA, maybe not, you know, all the advanced stats, no. But I think he is exactly what you want from a eighth inning guy, a closer, whatever. If it's closer by committee, I don't care. That is totally fine with me. But I think he's going to be the most valuable pitcher in our bullpen. Because I think last year you saw it in a 60-game season. He was by far and away the most consistent pitcher. And in a lot of those big game moments, it didn't matter if it was righty on righty, righty on lefty. David Bell went with Lucas Sims. And I think there's a reason for that. And I also think there was a reason why not only they did this. I mean, Rysel Iglesias at the end of the day was 100% a salary dump. But I also think it's because it made so much sense to do it because you have so many guys on this roster that can fill that void. And I think Lucas Sims is that guy, whether or not it's him or Amir Garrett, I don't know. I don't care. I trust both of them, 
but I just think Lucas Sims has that competitive edge to him. Um, and I am super excited to see him hopefully duplicate his performance last year, because I think if he does, this bullpen is going to be lights out because that's another spot in the bullpen that is taken care of. And there's a lot of young arms there. I, I love Lucas Sims and I think he's going to be the Cy Young of this staff. I love it. I love that. And I'm going to go with another guy that's not a starter. And I think the guy that is AG, the closer for this team, I think it's pretty safe to say that. I think so. AG, I, I think, is going to be, with Russell Iglesias gone, I think he's going to take over that role. He's been saying it the entire offseason that he wants the role of closer. I think he's earned it. Um, like I've said earlier, he was you know, striking guys out in spring training. He's doing the baby cradle stuff. I mean, he's just a ball of energy. Um, he also just tweeted, this is live, um, that in Arizona he found a scorpion in his toilet, which – that is the most terrifying thing I've ever. That's that's literally my worst nightmare. I just uh, worst I, nightmare by far and away is the snake in the toilet. By far and away. I mean, I think a scorpion like it's just it's right up there. <laughs> like, um, that's terrifying. But anyway, AG he throws gas and like I said, um, I'm excited to see him in the closer role. He said he wants it. All right, go prove it. I do think that the bullpen we're gonna need him, uh, as you said. Whether you know. Yeah, and maybe we'll be able to, at the end of the year, chalk it all together. And it's just a, a wonderful job, the entirety of the bullpen. Uh, I would much rather that happen than in, uh, a just particular player. But, no, I think AG is going to lead the bullpen, and um, I'll pick him. Before before you go real quick, Tito, I, I, I do want to say this. I think – so I, I, I believe it's going to be Amir Garrett to start the year. And I think it's going to end up becoming kind of a bullpen by committee throughout the season. And then it might turn into Lucas Sims. But I think the biggest thing that I have with the biggest thing about Amir Garrett is that I think as his he struggles facing righties at times. And when I think of a closer, I don't think of a guy. I think of a guy that can, you know, can go righty lefty, get him out no matter what. And I feel like Amir Garrett sometimes has some control issues. He said it. He sometimes he's up there and he's just throwing his fastball, throwing it, not like going knowing where it's going to go. Um, I think if he can consistently get righties out, I think that's huge because I think that's one of the biggest things about a closer is you have to no matter what get righty and lefty out. And I think Lucas Sims just did it last year at a better rate. You didn't have to worry about it. But like I said, if Amir Garrett does that. That's the same kind of argument I made with Lucas Sims. It helps both. It helps the team both ways. Yeah. Because if Amir Garrett's on, he's too good to be your closer. Like it's one of those weird situations where he is too good to waste. Uh, to, to not waste. That's a bad term. But like. But to, to, to just use him in the. Yeah. Night. Yeah. Because. But and you know, know what? I like it's what we did with Chapman, and well, it yeah. fucked us. Well. Do you remember Russell Glacius, David Bell trying to bring in Russell for five outs, you know, when we had won the eight and there was a sticky situation in the eighth and Russell said, oh, I don't like that. You know, I just want to close. It's like, hey, geez, Amir, not gonna stay. Amir eats that up. Yeah, that, exactly. That's why I and, love Amir. Yep. And I think the one thing, too, is it's and it's going to be telling is I think David Bell has said this, too, in the past. He throws his best pitcher in the toughest situation. And if that's your closer – that's your closer. If it's Lucas Sims, if it's Amir Garrett, if it's Sean Doolittle, if it's TJ Anton, doesn't matter. 
whoever you feel is your best pitcher and you trust that and you go with that shit, then let's do it. But don't like, don't fuck around. And, and, and I don't think David Bell has, I think David Bell is in regards to how they've handled the pitching staff, especially with the help of Derek Johnson. They do not fuck around with that shit. They are going to put someone, whoever they feel is not only the hot hand, but they are going to put the best pitcher in the best situation. I think Rossell Iglesias sometimes, I think he was just like, so I kind of think it was a beta. He just psyched himself out mentally. He's like, nope, I'm, I'm throwing in the ninth. And if I throw anything other than that, I'm fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I agree with all that. Um, who's you got for your, uh, the best pitcher. I, I'm going to go with the chalk pick, uh, in that, Listen, Luis, you heard the room like you heard the trade rumors. You heard that they were listening to offers as they should be, that that if someone inquires about a player on your team, you should absolutely field that call. But uh, Luis Castillo has the opportunity to make himself. You know, the most sought after pitcher in baseball at, at, at the level that he's at and at the age that he's at and. You know, I there's an arrogance that comes with being a starting pitcher that you have to have that. That's just how the position goes. And hearing that Trevor Bauer's gone and now our starting rotation just took this massive hit, there's a chip on your shoulder. There has to be Absolutely. something that you want to prove. So let's go, you know, go out and say that, you know, that offer, what, what the Reds want, Glaver straight up or for uh, for, for uh, Castillo from the Yankees? Yeah. Yeah. Glaber Torres. You know, like, go go get that offer higher. I mean, he heard all that. Let's. let's Tito, are you saying like, that Luis should be playing for the Reds to be sellers at the deadline? <laughs> no, but I no. I, no, I'm I know. Not, I was kidding, yeah, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Obviously, yeah. he's not playing for a contract. He's still under control for. Uh, he's got what two more years the, of arbitration? I think it's like three. Twenty twenty-four. Yeah. I think it's three. Like it's awesome. Yeah, uh, but but I mean. He he has the opportunity to if if he really wants to go after that bag, like the Reds are going to be, you know, I mean, I think all of these guys understand how those markets work in baseball and that, the you know, if somebody wants to come after Luis Castillo, offer the Reds a bag and then trade for him, they're going to extend him immediately and he's going to get, you know, the, the money that the top line starters are if he goes out and has a Cy Young type season, which he absolutely can do. So I'm really looking for him to come back and and be that guy again and yeah. and I you know I think he has all the ability in the world to do it and I'm really looking forward to seeing him come out with that chip on his shoulder that you know that, that Trevor Bauer came in for a year and a half and kind of took that from him and he wants to take that mantle back so go out and get it uh, be that Cy Young contender uh, be that top line starter and you know I, I'm excited to see what what uh, Luis Castillo has to give us this year. I, I think that he's at the end of the day, he's going to be our best pitcher uh, after 162. Yeah, and I think, and I think the Tito picked the the pitcher, and, and it's not a bad pick, or I'm not shitting on him for it. But like Luis Castillo could 100% like actually win Cy Young. Yeah, like we like that's like that's the thing. Like I mean, he, he'll be able to put up the strikeout numbers that are going to get the you know the voters to ooh and all over it his era might never be like that i mean 
Well, but that's the thing is like it could. I'm waiting. No, for yeah, no, it it, it, it could. But I also like I mean, ERA is is such a it, it's it can be a very misleading stat, yeah. and I I don't have all the the advanced ones off the top of my head, but I mean, whatever. Love the pick. Great round. Um, all right. So let's move to who has the better season, Jonathan India or Tyler Stevenson? Tito, are you willing to go first? Yeah, I'll take it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with India. Uh, I just think that the pitching in our division is so is so much worse than people think it is that he's going to have an ability to to be able to get his feet underneath him early and have a great season. And you know what? There's so much – there's such a wealth of knowledge on the on the players' end uh, of the Reds, you know, hitting, and that he's got guys he can learn from. He's got guys that have been there in, in the biggest spots and that have achieved the highest, you know, the highest things you can hope to uh, in the batter's box. And I think that, that he's really a guy that – especially what he's shown in spring training. I mean, Gee says it all the time. It's every time you get an alert, it seems like Jonathan India is either scoring or knocking somebody in uh, this spring yeah. training. So I, I'm going to go with India. Uh, I think there's just such a it, – it's such an easy spot to go out and grab uh, where I think he can see that he has the world in front of him to where in Stevenson's situation, not that he doesn't, but that bullpen is – you know, hopefully it's going to be crowded. I hope it is. Uh, and I hope that, you know, he's fighting to, for innings, but, uh, no, uh, Stevenson is our backup catcher. I'm thinking of the guy that, oh, you're thinking of Robert Stevenson. (laughs) We're going to have to cut this. Uh, no, absolutely fucking not. (laughs) No, we're keeping that. Robert Stevenson is on the Colorado Rockies and Tyler Stevenson is our backup catcher. So for anyone listening that hasn't noticed, I've been absolutely absorbed with Carolina baseball for the entirety of Red Spring training and have not paid that much attention to it at all. Um, but yeah, I'm still going to stick with India. No, I think you're right. Just because I'll go next and just say, I think it's easy because India is going to have playing time. I think that it's going to be frustrating. And I hope by the end of the year that Stevenson gets that role uh, or is he at least gets more, um, more chances behind the plate. But I think they value defense, and Tucker's like the only person on this team that I can feel comfortable about saying that he's a good defender and is good, you know. Like, and he's also he's a goal multi uh, gold glove winner, but he sucks. Uh, Tucker really has really struggled um, hitting. Don't don't don't. Hey, let's not use the S word. Okay, he has really been disappointing uh, with the bat. <laughs> <laughs> but now I think Jonathan India has way more at bats this year than Stevenson. That's the only reason I think he's going to have um, a more significant season for the Reds. What do you think he's? All right, this is tough. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to go, I'm going with Tyler, Tyler Stevenson here. Um, oh, let's and, go. Embrace so, me. So, and I know it was a small sample size, but I think what he did when he first came onto the big league stage last year, you not only can you not just, I mean, it's incredible, but I think one of the biggest things too is, is like he had major league level ABs. Like he went up there, he obviously had a home run in his first AB, but also he drew, he was really patient 
You know, like you didn't feel like he went up there and was rattled by who he was facing, whatever it might have been. I think he he felt like he belonged in that stage. And the other thing, too, is. You know, he honestly. Is a huge reason. And I know it's a very small it's a it's one small moment in a, in the second half of the season that they really went on the run. But that walk off, you know, home run he hit against Pittsburgh you kind of felt the season like that was one of those, it was one of those games. I remember I'm like, they need to win this game. And if they, it was one of those games where they wasted another good Trevor Bauer start. Um, and you just felt like whenever he got a B's, he was doing, he was doing something good. And I think, I think when you let Kirk Casale walk and you realized, all right, Tyler Stevenson is not only our second catcher, but I think, there's going to be a point in the season that they're going to overvalue or not, not overvalue. Sorry. They are going to value his ability as a hitter and they're going to have to take him getting more ABs than Tucker Barnhart, because I just think we've been here and we've been, we've been in this position now for what four years where we're praying and hoping that Tyler, not Tyler, um, Tucker Barnhart figures it out at the plate as a hitter. Like, Hope is not a plan and like we can't keep hoping <laughs> that he's going to figure it out because if you're getting you can't keep giving a bunch of ABs to a guy that is hitting below 230, not creating any runs, doesn't have you know the, the power numbers either. Like I can live with the guy hitting below 230 if he's actually got some power to his bat. Like Tucker just doesn't have that. Tyler Stevenson has shown that and I, and I think there's going to be point in the season where it's going to switch and he's going to be the everyday catcher and and it's no slight Jonathan India but I think Tyler Stevenson's going to have the better year um as a rookie even though he kind of got some time last year because I do think there's a part of me that depending on when Shogo gets healthy they could potentially send India back down and maybe even manipulate his service time somehow because that would be a very small market brand thing to do. I but I don't think they can do it that yeah, way. I don't think you can do that if he makes your opening day for I don't okay. think so either, yeah. But that that's, I mean. I am going to just... redeem myself real quick um, upon finding the correct Tyler Stevenson. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know what you guys know about tall catchers and MLB history, but he's not Joe Maurer and he is not uh, Salvador Perez. You can't be 6'4 and be a good catcher in the MLB. I love my pick of Jonathan India even more upon further research. Wait, what? So you're Tyler Stevenson's 6'4. And he hits... Alright, Tito, you lose this round. Um, no, I'm, I love this. Also, Sanchez... Okay, uh, Gary Sanchez he, fucking sucks. So yeah, that's not... I, yeah. No, I know. That's his point. Looking, he's because okay, he's so tall. So who we got? Well, Tucker six, Barnhart is my six, height. Four he's catchers. Not very good. We got Tyler Flowers. Uh, Chris Stewart's not in the MLB anymore. Salvador Perez just got a fat contract extension. He's a beast. He's, yeah, he's 6'3", but okay, I don't think so, he's say. So we Tito got Mike is, Feeney, who's currently a manager. Uh, Piazza was 6'3". Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but are we saying that Tyler – I love my Jonathan India pick even more. Give me, give me that. Um, I don't also, I don't like all catchers. I don't like my head spin. All right, so real quick, another uh, as I'm just trying to block out a ridiculous take being 
the fact that he's six four is going to be the downfall of Tyler Stevenson as well. Oh, no, anyway, I, I don't like, um, I don't like another, players. another very cool, another one of those moments that Tyler Stevenson had last year. He's one of the very few people in major league baseball that can say that he threw out Billy Hamilton because <laughs> he did that too. <laughs> Cause Billy yeah. Hamilton was probably drunk. <laughs> yeah. Um, Flew to Chicago. Right, boys, after, let's, uh, go, uh, let's go to comeback player of the year. Please. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, I'll go first. Yeah, Donnie, you go first. Shogo, and I'll keep it short. Um, he's got he's playing for his wife who was almost killed by a tree, and that with the Reds have been promoting like so much Japanese. Um, what is it like? I, I guess like symbols. I guess which they should. I mean. Yeah. No, it's cool, but they've been doing so much. That's the last C. Trent Rosecrans's best. Uh, that's his best stuff right there. Yeah, I, Tito's a huge fan of C. Trent. They've been doing so much, uh, um, and I love it. But they have to back it up when they need some value from him. He needs to do something. Um, so I'll go Shogo because he sucked last year. Um. All right, I'm gonna go, and I'm probably gonna take the chalk pick. Um. But I think it's. I mean, you can call him a comeback player in multiple ways. But I'm going with Nick Senzel. Um, I am a huge fan of him. I have been a huge fan of him since they drafted him. I have been a huge fan of him since, you know, you kind of started to see him work his way up. Um, the only, th- it's still to this day is a mystery to me as why they don't view him as a potential fix at shortstop. Uh, if, if Suarez plays it every day, that's fine. I don't care, but it's one of the more mind boggling things. Uh, he's a great athlete. He's a really good center fielder. Like he's a really good defensive player, and I think he has the ability to be a guy that could potentially win a Gold Glove out there. Um, just because, I mean, he's, I mean, he's not Billy Hamilton fast, but he is a very good athlete, covers a lot of ground. Um, but I just love the if he can stay healthy, and I know it's a very, it's a huge if for him because it seems like he just is struck by this bug, and could, and it could potentially be one of the biggest what ifs in Reds history. Or, well, in recent history, I should say, in regards to what ifs, if, you know, it doesn't pan out for him. But I, I just love he he does it all. I think he's has the ability to swipe 30 bags. Like, I think this guy is just a do it all type of guy. Um, and I think he's going to be the he's going to be the comeback player of the year for the Reds. And I think he's going to be a huge reason as to why this team uh, potentially makes the playoffs. All right, I'm going to go with Adam Dunn. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I'm going to pick. Classic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I figured after my last one, I'd have to throw something out there. Uh, no, I'm going to go for real. Uh, I would love to see Sean Doolittle come back and have a great season this year. Ooh, uh, just, nice, uh, Tito. Um, just being the veteran in the room. That sure. Has, yeah, you know, being on a world being on a World Series championship team means something, and doing the, you know, he was a clutch guy in. in he was the awesome NL- that it, that whole yeah. playoffs. He was awesome. in the NLCS. He was locked down in the World Series. He did his job. Uh, that's the kind of experience that this team needs. Like clearly, uh, playoff, you know, that mojo, that swagger, that this team doesn't have it or didn't have it last year. So. Uh, you know, let's just, let's see Sean Doolittle come in here and and do something and and give give the younger guys something to shoot for. 
Um, I'm, ex- you know, I, I was excited at that sighting or at that signing. Um, and I'm excited to see what, what he can bring to the table. I would love to see him come back and, and have a really solid, uh, tail end of his career in Cincinnati. And, and, you know, maybe let, let's be a part of something, you know, I, I'm sure that's how he's looking at it. I mean, I was listening to, uh, to uh, starting nine today and, and Dallas Braden was talking about how there's nothing worse for a veteran to walk in a locker room and know that you're looking at a bunch of guys that are saying like, you can't really do anything for me. And I'm sure that when Doolittle got there, there were, you know, those eyes were on him. It seems like he's at the tail end of his career. It seems like he may not have much more to offer. So let's, let's go out and show something, Sean. Let's, let's see what you got. Great pick Austin. Fantastic. All right, guys. All right. Who's our surprise player of the year? Well, I'll say this. I'll say in halfway through the season, uh, we have an injured guy in the bullpen, and we bring up Nick Lodolo, and he does all right, and that's all we care about because we just want him to keep steadily improving. So that's going to be my surprise. Okay. Um, Love the pick. Uh, I hope if he comes up, he just stays. I think he will. Yeah, I do think, no, he's sure. I do think he will come up at some point. Um. All right, so I'm gonna go with my biggest surprise. It's gonna be on a, it's gonna be on a bigger uh, stage. Um, it's gonna kind of come as a surprise to I think all of baseball. Uh, I think Jesse Winker will potentially be uh, one of the best players in the league, and it will be. In, it, when I say that, his he will have one of the better OPSs in the league, and I think you he will start to get the recognition that he deserves. And I think he's going to be, you know, one of those guys that hits close to 300, hits close to 30 homers, drives in a bunch of runs. I think his statistics this season could be, you know, not like MVP like, but I think they will be in like that that tier below. And I think it's going to kind of put the rest of the, you know, MLB world on notice. Yeah. We, we South Carolina fans call that the Whitmerfield level. Where you know you're never in the MVP field, but you, you lead the league in hitting. That, that's what we call that. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I'm gonna go for my uh, surprise of the year. This is very general. Let's see the Reds like have a 66% winning percentage against teams that are just bad. Like let's see us <laughs> beat the in every series. Uh, you know, let's see us play those interleague series against the Orioles and maybe win two out of three every time. Let's see that. Let's see, like, you know, let's see this team come out on Sundays when we have a 2-0 lead in a series and shut the door. Let's let's just see us win the games that we should win. That's something, something that uh, up. Awesome. Something yeah. that good teams typically do. Typically, <laughs> yes. yeah. Some, do not lose to the Detroit Tigers. Yes. Some it's a, it's a thing that the good Reds teams in our recent memory have done is yeah. beat up on bad teams. And it's it's something that this team with, hopefully, I think that we all think that this team has the potential to have the depth at the pitching, that we're going to be able to do that. And let's let's accomplish that goal. Let's beat who we should beat. Let's take the series we should take. And then let's go let's go into the Chicago's and the Milwaukee's and the St. Louis's and and feel confident that we can roll the dice with this series and play our best ball. And not be coming off of a bad series loss yeah. to Pittsburgh or a not, bad inter, interleague, yeah. interleague loss. Or, you know, I actually really don't think that the Cubs are going to be worth the shit this year. So maybe, you know, a bad series loss in Chicago. Uh, 
So um, I will say I this: love to see us do that. I, I before we move into our you know our over under prediction uh, prediction. Um, I think another like kind of going off of the depth of the bullpen and the depth of the roster. I I bench might be pretty deep. Bench might be sneaky deep. Great looking bench. Yes, yes. Something that I think when you look in when you look at good Reds teams that we've seen, bench and, like they got good solid guys on the bench. And that hasn't been there in the last couple of years. It would be it would be something I would love to see come back. Not on a consistent basis, you're right. 100%. All right. So, last thing before we end the episode, the over or under 82 and a half wins, according to whatever I will go first. I'm going to keep it simple. I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over on 82 wins for the Reds. And I think they finished second in the central. Wow. And I think they, I think they make the playoffs Sure. as a wild card. Um, I think in the, I think it goes, um, I think the central will be, it will be a race between the Cardinals and the Reds. I think, but I think at the end of the day, the Cardinals have a little bit better of, you know, maybe just it's it's just like a, a fucking Cardinals thing. Like they might not have a better roster, but they just well, they're the Cardinals. I but they, now, and they, they now, might. but now I think they actually do. That's they do. The I mean, shit yeah, out of me. Filthy. That yes. Nolan Arenado move, and I know it's just one guy, but like holy shit, that scared the fuck out of me. Yeah, I mean it's it, Cardinals are really good. He's gonna Why? be he's gonna be a Reds killer for sure. I'm probably going to come to hate him after the third series we have with them. He's probably going to do something where I'm just like, he was, damn it. he's I'm my favorite. hate him after the first at bat. First he's, he was my favorite non-red in the MLB. And then he gets traded to the Cardinals. It's like, what, yeah. what this and, is just. And also I, I, I do in a preface when I say hate, I don't mean I, like I actually like there are people, there are athletes that you hate because like they just are hateable. It's like, no, I hate him because he's not on my team. And I right. hate him because he's really fucking good, and he does good. Th- he does things that make me want to punch walls. I like, hate him that's, because he plays yes. for the St. Louis Cardinals. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Like there was a stretch I, run. I hate him because he just made a diving catch on a foul ball that like that should be a strike, and now all of a sudden we have two outs. Like yeah. yeah. He makes yeah. some ridiculous throw from his ass to to get out. You know a a, a speedy like like a Shogo like tapper like that's like I can already see that happening where it's like oh no Shogo's beating that out where it's like oh wait no Psychonora's got a fucking hose of a right arm we do one bunt we do one bunt all year and it's Shogo or like who else is really fast I guess Senzel and Arenado makes the nicest play and he's out he is him I just I I gotta get on my soapbox him and Matt Chapman because Matt Chapman is one of the more underrated players in the MLB yes at third base are so goddamn good and they don't get enough credit. We like, I don't know how it's the MLB just being bad at marketing, but like, I don't know how they are not put on the same level as some of these outfielders who just slug the shit out of the ball. Cause Holy crap, we are going to be pulling our hair out watching Nolan Arenado just kill the reds in the field, not even at the batter's box in the field. Um, I'm going to go, over on 82 and a half. And I'm going to say just because I think the Cardinals are going to win the division, and I hate that, but the Brewers, us, and the Cubs are going to be just battling all season. It's going to be a, a rock fight. And I think kind of like how we ended the season last year, I think in the last 
let's say month, we go on a little run and uh, we start. Let's say we start the season strong, we end the season strong. All right, boys, let's do that. We win the World Series. That's my that's my uh, that's my two cents. That's that's the that's the classic uh, that's the classic Reds uh, fan. That's talk every there. single yeah. Every yeah. single year for me. Yeah. For sure. That's All what right, I said for every year for 25 years. So. No, I mean, I think that uh, I, I'm going to be, you know, I, I'm not going to be a, a contrarian and say under. I, I love the over for that win total just because I think that our division is so much worse than people are making it out to be. I don't believe in the Cubs. I don't believe in the Brewers. I think that the days. Uh, well, shit, the days it was a year. I, I don't like I, the Brewers pitching. They're just not there. Like they, their bullpen's not there. They're top they, they heavy. Have, can yeah. you name? They're top a, heavy. Can you name a starting pitcher in the Brewers rotation? Because the Williams. only pitcher I can name is Devin uh, Williams. They're they're now closer. Who's electric, by the way? Oh, he's their closer now. No, and they have that other good guy. Um, this is great. I, I feel, like they got rid of, I feel like they got. I feel like they got rid of Hater. I thought. No. No. Still he's still on the team. Okay. Uh, all right. Never mind. Well, yeah. yeah they're two best pitchers. My yeah. tongue. I'm gonna say I, him. I don't believe in either of those. Burns. Teams. Burns. And Burns is really good. And with the amount of shit that's going down in Chicago right now, like half that team's not gonna want to play for him by the end of the year. I just I'm not a believer in this division, so I I do think that we go over just because of that fact that I do think we are going to finish very strong because I think that I I think that the Cubs and I mean well the Cubs are going to be sellers but being the sellers for the Cubs is just being a regular trade trade deadline but I mean uh, the Brewers were making signings that just don't make sense for where they're at this year. I don't like that Jackie Bradley Jr. signing. I love Jackie Bradley Jr., but that didn't make any sense for where they're at. It, it was mind-boggling that they gave him that much money. Um, so I, I just I I don't understand what they're doing. I think and I, the Pirates aren't good. They're you know I mean they're they're the Pirates. Pirates are hard. The Pirates are have somehow managed to combine the two worst trade the two worst traits of an ownership group in a front office and that they're dumb and they're cheap. It's insane. I don't know and how you can like, argue trades. Um, yeah. Bad at trading. Yeah. yeah. Also it, before, before we, before we go any further real quick, um, I'm not one of the people that think that the Cubs are going to be that bad. I think the Cubs had, I mean, if, if they can get, you know, some power numbers out of Jock Peterson, I think they're going to be, I think that they're going to be okay. I mean, you still have, you have, Chris Bryant, who we we all said is probably going to get back to his normal of normal level of play. You still have Wilson Contreras. You still have Javier Baez. You have Anthony Rizzo. I just think I just don't know if they have the pitching, and I think that's going to be their biggest thing. And yeah. I think it's I think that's been their I think that has been their downfall the last like, couple of years. Jose Quintana is not it. Like you, Darvish is not. He, we've well, seen you, Darvish. Is, Darvish. I mean, you, Darvish. Oh, is not. he? I thought he was oh, I thought, I thought Darvish signed somewhere else. No, I, I'm pretty sure Darvish is – oh, wait, no. I think you Darvish is in – is with the Padres. You you might be right. You oh, he is. right. But He's with the uh, Padres, so I was wrong. Okay, sorry. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think we've seen the best days out of their out of their starting rotation. And, like, Jock Peter – like, I've seen this experiment before where guys teams poach guys from the Dodgers and they think they're going to be good. And it's like, 
yeah, the reason their numbers were so good is because the rest of the lineup is fucking unbelievable. I think the Red Sox are going through it with uh, Verdugo. I don't think he's a real no, guy. no, but so, no, but like I, just, I feel I, like this would know. be the most like it'd be like the most Cubs thing ever though is to kind of be like a like they're gonna be a, a, like annoying because they're like, they're not gonna be bad enough to. Contreras isn't as good as people think he is. Like Javi Baez is obviously that dude. Bryant's that dude, and Rizzo depending on whether he wants to play for that team, which honest to God, I think that's a serious question right now can be that guy, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm so excited for baseball guys. Yeah. It's going to be, I can't wait. Baseball season is the I best. I can't wait to um, lose $500 in the first day on money lines. <laughs> yeah. oh, great. Also, um, so before we wrap up this episode, I just want to say this right now. I have been watching UCLA stick with Michigan the whole game. Yeah, this game is awesome. We're gonna I'm have st- a we're gonna have a Final Four podcast coming. Uh, we'll get we'll get to all the Elite Eight action and and preview the Final Four later on in the week. Let's just say this yes. before before I say goodbye and give people a little bit of an idea of where I'm at. I swear to fucking God, if UCLA makes the Final Four. With Mick Cronin. Oh boy. I'm all for it. I'm rooting for him. You better buckle up. It's gonna be great. It 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 would it would make for a great podcast on Thursday or or Friday whenever it drops, but I'm just telling you right now, I am gonna go full on scorched earth. Yeah. Because they're I'm finishing this game. Let's I'm do it. kind of split between the the idea that that UC fans should be excited about this and hate him for it, and I'm very excited to see how it turns out. I just want Kwiatkowski's in Indy for Michigan, and I want him to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this episode has been a lot of rambling, but we had to cover a lot of baseball in a very short time. We wanted to make sure we get it. We got it out for you guys on Thursday. It's a good idea how we feel. Um, so this is episode number 33 of Tailgates and Heartbreaks, presented by Section 513. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always. Subscribe, rate, leave us a review. Check out Section 513 on Twitter. Check out Tailgates and Heartbreaks on Twitter. Check out the store. We've got a lot of good things coming. Thank you guys for listening. We will catch you guys later on the week. Thinking about some friends